Zansi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. And the great Brayton Paul is already on the line to speak to us. Good evening, sir. Thank you very much for being able to take our call tonight on SAFM. Uh, thank you, Tabiso. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure and thanks for having me, mate. Thanks, Brayton. Brayton, how beautiful is it to have an all-South African final in the URC and what does this say about our rugby? Absolutely incredible. Uh, I think, uh, you know, credit to the coaches and the Beckham staffs and, and uh, South African teams. I mean, the Sharks also, you know, to a degree. Mm. Uh, and the Lions also got it right towards the end. And uh, especially after they started so badly, all of our teams, you know, people weren't having hope. And uh, it shows you, you know, the character that South African teams have. Um, you know, we've always had a fighting spirit. And again, you know, Sia and Rush and the boys have shown that uh, the last couple of years, you know, how good South African teams are. If you give them the right mindset, the right structures and the right game plans to play. Uh, when you think about the Stormers, um, John Dobson had a team full of game breakers and he certainly found a way, you know, to to get the best out of those game breakers. It's no no use having, you know, big bullish guys and you want to play a expensive kind of game. You know, he had Leo Lanzas, he's got Damien Willems, Warwick Haland, Mani Lobo, Gruan Mial. Those guys want to, you know, play into the wider channels and John Dobson managed to get it so right. And Jake White, on the other hand, He's a very streetwise coach. You know, he sort of he's a bit more direct. And at times, when it's on, the likes of Kenyon Moody, Kirtley Aronser, and Mados Tamwe are lethal on attack. And he's forwards as well. You know, his forwards can be very direct. Uh, one one thing that I, I will feel is a little bit of a weakness is where, where the scrums are for the Bulls. And it's kind of weird to say it after all these years because, <laughs> you know, traditionally the Bulls are yeah, normally very yes. strong. It's scrum time. But I tell you what, it's, the table is the table is, is set. The scene is set. And I think all South African rugby fans, you know, can't wait to see these wonderful teams in action. Yeah, and you mentioned the Stormers and, and those, those players that they have. Is that the kind of rugby that people in the Western Cape identify with the Brayton? Because we've seen now the fans have come out in their numbers over the last few weeks. Man, I tell you what, uh, Tabitha, it's part of the Stormers Western Province DNA. It, it's a culture. If, if the Stormers, the years when the Stormers in the Western Province really struggled, they were going back to this old copper stump very boring rugby, if you like. And yes, let me let me tell you, there is a place for boring rugby and direct rugby, and, and there is a test level. But I think anything beneath it, you are able, you know, to unleash the dragon, so to speak. And and that's why, you know, John Dobson also went in very conservatively because a lot of South African teams went into the unknown. They were kind of scared. They didn't take a lot of risks. And uh, eventually, you know, when they had nothing to lose, the two colors came through. You know, John Dobson said, you know, I'm going to just let the boys play. I mean, Wari Khalan's got the most, most offloads in the competition. Uh, Leland has got the most tries. Say, Bellos and Natla, the same. Even Rose got the most meters, the most defenders beaten. So it shows you, it shows you, you know, how, how, how good a team the Stormers have become. And that's why they're in the final. And as for the Bulls as well, um, you know, a guy like uh, Chris Smith is a very good mm. technical kicker. And, and, and at times, you know, you, you need a car made at, at 10 and 9. Where, where the Bulls sometimes, you know, they, they try and kick and suffocate and strangle you. And they do it really, really effective. And that's why when they went to Leinster, nobody gave them a chance. But mm. they believed in their structure. They believed they can beat. And I mean, uh, you know, if, if you're in a semifinal or a playoff, you've got you to back yourself. doesn't yeah. matter what the media say, what people say, uh, and what many people speculate about. You've got to believe yourself. And I tell you what, that inner circle of the Bulls, 
They, they like a family and they are strong, strong, happy family. Yeah, there should be some exciting battles tomorrow then. You've mentioned Chris Smith. Contrary to how, um, it's a contrast to how Manny Libok plays and there's Elric Lowe and there's Ivan Ross. They're also battling it out. Should be an interesting one. But I would think your heart is with the province then, Brady. Is that where your money is also tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously sometimes, you know, you think with your heart, not your head. Uh, but tomorrow, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> as an ex-stormer, I mean, I, I obviously can't go against my team, you know. And I, I really enjoy the way they, they've played the last couple of weeks. You know, the, the tries they've scored, the character they've shown. And also, you know, going into a final, you need a bit of character. And I think that team has got character. You know, the oldest, like a Dion Fury, is playing his 100th game tomorrow. Mm. Uh, a special milestone for a player like that, who also become part of a Springbok uh, team, a Springbok squad, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it says to people out there and kids out there, it's never too old. You, you're never too old to do anything. If you believe in yourself, you can still do it. And then, like you mentioned, the matchups: Alrich Lowe against Ewan Ruas, you know, the midfield, uh, Ruan Niel mm-hmm. against uh, Errol Foster. I mean, those are spicy, spicy battles that we can expect uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking forward um, initially, you know, to the uh, kicking battle. And that's where, you know, Chris Smith maybe had a little bit of an edge over Manny Lubbock, he, he's, but more technically sound in terms of technical kicking. You know, the, the 9 and 10 of, of, of uh, Zach Berger as well, of the Bulls. But the Stormers will certainly find a way. And, and also, uh, the one thing that, that really got to me, and I'm, I'm surprised that John Dobson hasn't changed his sort of vibe for the final in terms of team selection. You know, the Stormers got found out twice in a row. Remember the, the quarterfinal, you know, oh. uh, uh, Pretoria got injured in the first five minutes and then poor uh, Sasha Ngomazulu had to go play on the center. You know, mm. it was a massive moment. The guy made his debut in a quarterfinal, unheard of. And last week again, Leland Zaz got injured in the first half. Uh, Godland Masimla had to go cover on the wing. So um, I really found that interesting that John Dobson still opted for the 6-2 split on the bench. So that could be a telling factor uh, you know, uh, especially thinking that the Bulls come hasn't been the best in the competition. And that's where the Stormers, I feel, will certainly put a lot of pressure, you know, onto the Bulls. But saying that, the Bulls have got away with a lot at come time because, you know, knowing Jake White, the old fox, <laughs> he's a man who knows how to tweak things. And, yeah. and the Bulls, for some reason, certainly managed to get away uh, when it comes to the scrum time. And, and most likely, you know, if the referee is not on point on the day, you can get away and you can still win games like they shown. Yeah, and Sergio Peterson has come in for Leland Zas in a change mm. there for the Stormers at number 14 jumper. And how crucial will the crowd be then for, for the Stormers tomorrow, Brayton? And do you, is Cape Town Stadium, is it a similar feeling to Newlands or are they trying to get there? Because Newlands was special, I'm sure. Mm. To be so, I can tell you what, man. I, I've, 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 doing, I've been doing commentary work the last two weekends at Cape Town Stadium and I can't think it's getting there. It's not oh. there yet. I mean, obviously, as an ex, as an ex-tomer, mm. uh, you know, it's not there yet, but it's certainly getting there. The crowd got behind the players when they needed them most. You know, Audrey Smith last week mm. got a red card in the 72nd minute, and he went off. And that's the time when Ulster was on attack, and Ulster, mm. Ulster had momentum. I tell you what, the crowd got behind that Stormers, 14 of them, and they started believing after their body language suggests that they, they almost gave up. And that, to me, was a turning point and a key point in that particular game. Uh, knowing Sergio Peterson, you know, a feisty character, a really good eye for, for the trial and score a lot of tries. It's part of his instinct as well. So uh, it's almost like a life-for-like change. You know, the only, only problem is Sergio Peterson has been playing in a, in a battling Western Province Curry Cup team, you know, where there's not good confidence. But he does have the experience. So I was surprised that John Dobson didn't go 
for a guy like Angelo David. But uh, having said that, Cecil Peterson is a quality player. But coming back to your point, you know, DHL Stormers or DHL Stadium uh, certainly is, is becoming a fortress for the Stormers. And uh, the home ground advantage is absolutely huge. But also, having said that, um, these days professional teams know how to block out noise, how to block out uh, foreign territory, if you like. And I mean, you've seen the Bulls went to Leinster. Yeah. Leinster, Against now, all for odds. the people... <laughs> for the people who don't know a team like Leinster, you know we com- we cannot compare them to the Crusaders of the of the of the Southern Hemisphere. That's how good a Leinster team is. So that is a massive, massive victory for the Bulls last week. And the question remains is how much did they take out of the Bulls? You know, in terms of mm. in terms of physicality, in terms of focus, those kind of things play a role going into final. And they had to travel back. But I tell you what, Jake White, <laughs> he knows how to get players up for big games. That man is made for big games. And I can tell you what, the Bulls will be up for it. It doesn't matter, you know, where they play. And they've certainly shown, uh, you know, how far they come the last couple of months as well. Yeah, definitely. And let's uh, go to the lines. We are talking to Brayton Pulser. We'll look back at his career a bit now. But I believe we have Colin in Cape Town. Are you going to the stadium? Um, yes, to be unfortunately, yes. you know, I, I like I said, I was working last weekend. Uh, this weekend, unfortunately, I will be in Johannesburg. So I'll also be watching on the TV this time. And obviously shouting for the storm as well. Unfortunately, I won't be there. <laughs> no, that's fine. We enjoy your, your punditry on TV anyway, Brayton. Yeah, um, but <laughs> Okay, let's go. To, should we take a, okay, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the call from Cape Town. Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. Okay, I believe we have a caller for Brayton Pulser. Good evening. Um, Colin, is that you? Yes, that's me. Thank oh. you, Tabisu. Brayton, good evening. Tabisu, do you know why we did bad in the beginning? No, why? For African teams. I'll give you one reason. The first two, three games, not even our coaches, not even our players knew what to do or how to play. Mm. Because the rules there in the north mm. were completely, but as soon as they got adapted to the rules, they started strengthening, mm. making less mistakes and things like that. Now, I don't know if Brayden agrees with me, but I'm concerned. I don't even rate those overseas teams with our old curry cup that we used to have here. Fortunately, we just suffered on account of the rules. The northern rules are different to ours. And as soon as our boys and our coaches caught on what's going on, spoke to referees, we clicked and that is where we come to the yeah, top. I know they had a few chats with Tape Henning. I think he helped them a lot there with the interpretation of the loss. Do you agree, Brayton? Maybe that's why we struggle. Some say um, it was home ground advantage that got the South African teams back in the hunt. The I've got to agree with you and I'm going to agree with Colin <laughs> as well. Uh, certainly, the interpretation of the rules, unfortunately, how the referees interpreted it, certainly made it very difficult for our players and coaches. And as soon as they got uh, you know, to adapt to the way the Northern Hemisphere referees especially, uh, you know, blow some of the breakdown rules. You know, our players were certainly looking at home. Uh, and, and, and sadly, you know, it took, it took a while and it, there was a massive, massive outcry from all of us, you know, uh, in the media, obviously, and as pundits that, that were calling it out because it was, it, was, it, it, was, it was happening week in and week out into all our teams and nobody did something against it. And because of that, I feel that, you know, the, the management of the URC got Tapa Henning involved to make sure that if somebody that coaches 
you know, can talk to when they're upset and when they're, when they're not happy about a referee's performance, uh, so to speak. And I tell you, that was the best thing that the URC did. Uh, uh, otherwise, you know, it would have been, I would say, a failed competition, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, our, our, our players would have just, you know, trotted on along and, 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 and lose week in and week out. So, thankfully, thankfully, uh, you know, people stepped in and people saw uh, this is a massive problem for all of us. And, and ultimately, rugby is about entertainment. And it's so wonderful for our South African teams to be able to play against Northern Hemisphere teams now as well. I, I, I personally feel that New Zealand, mark my words to be said, New mm. Zealand is going to have a problem later this year. They miss the physicality. Mm. They miss the bullishness of our South African players. And playing against Australian teams week in, week out, will certainly not bring out the best in them. Mark my words, the All Blacks are going to have a really, really tough time this year where our players uh, playing against the Northern Hemisphere teams, we are going to be much more sound in terms of preparation, you know, playing a tight game, playing a loose game and balance it out. And, okay. I, and I do feel that that certainly is a bonus for our players. Good point there made by Brayton. Colin, you mentioned Curry Cup. I can tell you it's still nil-nil after 25 minutes of that semi-final between the Blue Bulls and the Griquas at Loftus. But we just want to look back at Brayton's career now. We've spoken enough about URC, but we need, we've pulled one uh, from back in the day here, Brayton. I wonder if you remember how much you remember of this game. This is a real chance as Fleck gets it away to Montgomery. Montgomery shows that flaring pace. Brayton Poulter will score on debut. He held on to that uh, pass quite brilliantly. And he deserves the applause he's getting for that. Long, long pass out to Poulter. Poulter was one on four. And that is one of the most amazing tries that you will ever see. First right, that's two, two to come. To save him from the kiss of death. What a superb piece of footwork from Brayton Falser. You're never going to see the likes of it again. It was incredible. He had a wall of Italians in front of him. He had nothing else to do with the ball other than run straight at it. And you're going to get a wonderful bird's eye view here. Outside, inside, right around three players. And I'm going to put this in style under the sticks. Swanepoel spreads it wide. Erasmus Falser throws a move. He's over for a hat-trick. Rayton Pulsa, Patrick on debut, and isn't that marvellous to watch? Well, I'm sure you remember it like it was yesterday, Brayton, your uh, pop debut. Jeez, Javis, uh, I tell you what, you really taking me back uh, uh, down the line, and uh, it, was a, it was a special day, you know, purely because, obviously, I made my debut for my country, you know, sort mm. of going to war for my country and playing with my brothers uh, in the green and gold, and... Uh, and, and just the emotion, you know, leading up to that moment uh, was, was so incredible. You know, my, my mom uh, came to watch the game, you know, the, the farmer, where, uh, farmer where I grew up, him and his whole family came to watch in, in Kabeja these days, you know. Mm. And uh, it, was, it was for me, you know, thankfully a, a, dream, a, dream, a dream debut because I managed to score three tries and I, and I did that flick flag after my third try because of pure elation and uh, excitement and adrenaline and all that stuff that goes with it. It was, it was certainly a dream debut for me and, and it's certainly one game, you know, that any Springbok player will never forget because leading up to a game like that, the magnitude of it, you know, it, it's so massive. Uh, the emotion that goes to you, you know, from, from that week that the coach tell you in the team, uh, it, it's, it's undescribable. And uh, I was just really, really happy that I could eventually, you know, get to that point where I could make my debut for South Africa in the Springboks 
and, and certainly a moment I never, ever will forget. 1999 in Kabecha, as he says. I think it was still called the Butarasma Stadium at that Butarasma, time, and people yeah. were still sitting in the train there uh, watching the matches. You you mentioned the farmer, Brayton, and I once read that um, that the farmer that your parents worked for in the farm that they worked in is the one that got you to Stellenbosch University. Is that the person that you're referring to that was at your international debut? Absolutely, uh, to be so. A guy by the name of Charlotte Tway. I grew up on a farm for... So for many people who doesn't know where the um, the Kowabokofeld is, you know, it's, it's in a place, it's a it's a region where there's a lot of farms. Uh, the Tilsestan would be Ceres. I, I mm-hmm. think people know where Ceres yeah. is, is, you know. And uh, I grew up on, on one of those farms. And, uh, you know, back in the day, my mom, my mom who still is a domestic worker, she worked in the farmer's kitchen. And uh, the farmer had four daughters and one son. And unfortunately, he didn't have many friends to play with. And obviously, you know, when, when, when the, I call him Little Shaw, uh, when Little Shaw mm-hmm. was... Uh, a little bit bored, you know, uh, my mom would ask me to come with her to go and play, uh, you know, with little Shaw. And that's how I, I got to grow up in front of, of Mr. Detoy, uh, Tabis. And uh, obviously, you know, I sort of become part of the family because my mom worked in his kitchen and many a time, uh, you know, when she had to go away on holiday with uh, with the kids and, and Mr. Detoy and, and, and his wife, you know, I also went with. Uh, so I was kind of exposed, you know, to... Do a lot of things which some of, sadly, some of the other farm kids weren't, you know, on, on a very young age. And uh, when I got to matric, you know, my my points weren't too bad. And uh, Mr. Tui, obviously, you know, he, he called me in the one day. And, uh, you know, when the when when the, when the big boss called you in, uh, you know, there's problems. I was a bit nervous, yeah. to be honest, you know. And uh, my mum also didn't want, didn't know what was going to, what was happening. And, you know, Mr. Tui called me in and he said, uh, Brady, uh, uh, son, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we love your mum, uh, We've seen you grown, uh, you know, into almost an adult. What's your plans for next year? And uh, I, I tell you, Tabiz, I was I was really nervous and sweating. I didn't know what to say. You know, I, I thought to myself, geez, I mean, it's the last thing I expected. And uh, I said to him, Mr. Tui, you know, if I can, uh, because obviously all the farms, when when kids go to matric, after matric, you know, you it's it's like a normal routine. You go and work on the farm mm. because you know the farm farm parents didn't have the money to send the kids. To, to you know institutions and uh, I said to him Mr. Toy, you know what uh, you know I'll, I'll be happy if you can make me a tractor driver you know oh. <laughs> and Mr. Toy looked at me and he said geez lady um, man you got high hopes because you know what happens uh, you know when you when you start on the farm you got to you got to start and, uh, you know, work in the orchard and <laughs> make sure that you know the harvest, the harvest go well and you work your way and, up uh, yeah, and I, I thought maybe he's, he's going to give me a promotion as a second driver, you know, because it's a little bit higher and then you pay a little bit more. And, um, you know, after after a while, he, he laughed at me and he said, Brady, you know what, uh, you know, I, I'm incredibly proud of your mom. You know, she's like our family and, and I've seen you grown as a kid. And he said to me, Brady, um, listen here, son, I went to Stellenbosch University, so here's the deal. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sponsor you to Stellenbosch University. In terms of you know giving you the the finance, you just gotta make sure your points are good enough, yeah. so we can uh, make sure that you get into the university, and uh, you're gonna go and study there, my son, because uh, you know I've seen your potential and I, and I do feel that you you have you have a rare talent. And I said, and I, I said to him, Mister Tui, I'm I'm certainly gobsmacked. I don't know what to say. I certainly didn't know what to say. But in a nutshell, to be so, mm. that that moment, uh, my man, was you know it was a. It was a, a massive moment in my life. I never, ever thought that something like that will come onto my path one day. And you know, to, to kids listening there, uh, mm. even 
even mums and dads listening out there, you never know when when something good is about to come to you. You mm-hmm. know, on, on on the days you don't expect it. Um, and, and 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 needless to say, obviously, you know, I went to Stellenbosch University, and it was a hell of an adjustment as a farm boy mm-hmm. because. You know, I didn't even have a license. I didn't even know. I couldn't even. Sp- I couldn't. I could barely speak English because where mm. I come from, and uh, we only spoke Afrikaans. You know, to be. Another student said, "Cars." My man, it was into the unknown. You know, yeah. so it, it it was a massive, massive, massive moment. But you know, my 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 story to the kids out there is that, you know, try and try and try and try and dream. Try and dream, and doesn't matter your circumstances. I mean, like I said, I mean, I was raised by a single mom, uh, with with. You know, no money. Some days uh, at school, it's very cold in the Bokofeld, you know. I had uh, some nights, we had no food in our house, you know. Some mm. nights, uh, I had some days I had to walk barefoot to school, you know what I mean? So mm. the struggle the struggle was certainly real. But I tell you what, man, Mr. Tue gave me a break in life that I'm going to be forever uh, grateful. And, uh, you know, my message to, to school kids, when I go to school kids, especially, in you know, in townships, in really, really... Uh, underprivileged areas, you know, my message to them is, guys, d- just keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. You never know when somebody is about to give you an opportunity in life. Yeah. That's an incredible story, Brayton. So so you went there for education. Is that where your rugby kicked on also? Yes, uh, to, to be so. Obviously, you know, at school, I was I was, I was, was sport crazy, man. I was, a, I was a cricket captain. I was a rugby captain. I was a volleyball captain. I was a sprinter a also. A captain. You know what I mean? So yeah. I did it all. And I think... Yeah. That obviously helped me as well because, um, you know, as a boy uh, on the farms, you know, alcohol was a was obviously a massive problem. You know, the alcohol abuse was, man, it it, it hurt me. You know, when I think back of some of the days and on how our people, you know, unfortunately had to drown their sorrows in the alcohol, and I and I could understand it. I'm certainly not judging. I just I could understand it because, mm. you know, it, it it it's tough. You know, when you work so hard on a farm, you know, at weekends you need to. Just, you know, offload all the frustration as well. But, you know, thank God that I never, you know, to be, I never, I never got to touch alcohol because I saw the severity and the, in the, uh, the sad, sadness that goes with it. You know, a lot of my mates uh, happen, uh, you know, happen to end up in jail. And even up to today, you know, to be, I haven't touched a grief of, of alcohol, a drop of alcohol, mm. you know, and, I'm, and I've never, I never, I never touched a cigarette, you know. So, you know, in that as well, I know it's it's really difficult for kids. That you know, the kids got exposed to so many many things. But I tell you what, if you want to be a professional in any sport coach, unfortunately, you know, those kind of things are not going to help your course. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I'm I'm really grateful that my mom was really strict with me when 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 she come to when it came to those those moments in a kid's life where you can go either the right way or the wrong way. You know, and I think she was really really. No, she wasn't. She wasn't hectic with me, you know. She wasn't really aggressive with me. She she had this way of speaking softly to me, but it had so much power. And uh, you know, um, I, I you know today I can just thank her because I could have also been, you know, a sort of a, a drug abuse kid where I I, I just just throw all my money or all, all my all my sort of sorrows, you know, my troubles into alcohol. And I think uh, because of that, you know, I stayed on the path. I loved my sport. I was always good in, in rugby at school. And when I went to Stellenbosch University, my man, I was very fortunate. I played for my my third team, for the third team, Kosei's team, and I got picked up. You know, I I, I just made the Martis under-19 F side. 
Epsi. My, my journey started. Yes, <laughs> I just made it. You know, I think I think they just wanted to get another team just for the sake of it, and they just took the they, the Afrikaans. They said the good word criminals. They took the criminals. You know, so I was yeah. part of that criminals to go into the F team. You know, <laughs> but the rest is history, Brayton. You ah, went on. You became man. a province of Thomas legend, a yeah. Bok legend. How do you look back at your provincial career? Because um, you've won the Curry Cup also with the province. Yeah. You were leading yeah. try scorer in Super Rugby also. I say I say rugby play of the year right in one of the years yes 2000 yes 2000 how do you look back yeah. at that journey the reason i tell you it was an easy journey you know i got to stellenbosch here is this little guy trying to you know play against a lot of white guys um and and and, and already the, the media this was my first encounter with the media you know mm. already the the local media uh paper said you know no man what is this guy doing he's wasting his time you know He's, uh, he's he can score six tries a game, but he's still little. He's never gonna make it. Mm. And I tell you what, to be, I always believed my ability. I always believed that I can, I can, I can, I can really make it into this game because I had so much love and passion for rugby. Where I, even when I grew up on the farm, mm. people love rugby. You know, I, I I played for the school in the mornings and for the afternoon. I played for the farm team as well. So I played two games in a in, in a day. You know, back in the day, and and that was my love and passion for rugby. And and and. You know what to be, uh, and, and another another sort of story or a little bit of inspiration for the kids out there. Mm. You know, people can have different opinions about you and where you've come from, but you know, you have your own destiny in your hands, and I always believe in that. And my mom gave me a slogan, uh, funny enough, an English slogan. You know, she brought one day uh, from Mrs. Dwayne's house. I don't know where she got it from, and it says, mm. "Make it happen." You know, yeah. and I still believe in the slogan. Nobody's gonna make it happen for me. I got to Stellenbosch. I was very tiny. Uh, uh, obviously, I I begged myself because as you know, you gotta beg yourself as a person. Doesn't yeah. matter what you do. I believe you gotta beg yourself. I knew I was tiny. I was little, and uh, I got exposed to obviously gymnasiums when I went to Stellenbosch University. And the first time I got into a gym was 19 years old. You know, uh, because we didn't have the facilities. So. All of a sudden, you know, I felt I was in paradise to be. I mean, I played on a <laughs> on a sand field, you know, back on the farm. I mean, yeah. I didn't have a grass. I didn't even let alone uh, rugby boots, to be honest. So, you know, there will always be things against you. And there will always be people outside, influencers that will try to bring you down. But if you got a plan and if you got a vision, you got to stick to that plan and vision. And I'll tell you what, if you work on it, and it's not a, it's not about. My mom also learned me. It's not about what people want to say uh, what people want you to do and, and all the noise from outside. You can only do uh, what you can control and what makes you happy. And, and I tell you what, from a very young age, when I was exposed to the media first, I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to really worry about, about, worry about what people say. It's mm-hmm. all about myself. And, I've, and I tell you what to be. If it wasn't for that sort of little conversation with myself in a, in a, in a very early age, when I went to Stellenbosch University, I probably also would have cracked because, uh, you know, social media these days, a lot of things get said, uh, ugly things, some good things. But if you also don't control that kind of thing, the beast, it will get the best of you and you won't uh, turn into the best you. And that's also, you know, always my, my, my sort of message to kids uh, out there. Do what you can do to the best of your ability and the rest will follow. And I've always stick with it. And that's why, you know, 64 days later, you know, I'm a happy man. Um, I'm, my life is full, and I'm very grateful for what rugby in in that Springbok jersey what has meant to me. 
64 tests later, and there was a 26 tries later also. 26, 26 tries later. And you must remember the piece of operating the town when the Springboks didn't really play white, you know? Yes. <laughs> the ball the yes, the Rudolf Scully <laughs> kind of rugby there, eh? <laughs> hey, man, there's a couple of rugby, man. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll wrap up with Brayton yeah. Paulson after this. Do send us your voice notes. You're welcome to on 061-4104-107. Zanzi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Okay, still in conversation with Brayton Paulson. In very strongly again for the South Africans. Now Umanga. Cullen, the long pass. First touch to Lamu. Took four men to bring him down. Gronfeldt in support. Couldn't quite take the ball though. Again Peter Marshall looking to play an advantage to South Africa. And it's a good one. Paulson. Little kick over the top, not a bad one. Another hack through. He can move this boy. Great chance. Pulsa. Still a chance. Yes. Brayton Pulsa with his fourth international try. Scored three on his debut against Italy. Well, he did well there, didn't he? Well, this guy's got serious class. Look at the tip off the left foot. Beats Umaga for the ball. Chips on. And has the presence of mind to just stroll through. Using his left foot well. And look at this. It looks as though he's not going to score. Pops the ball over. Good footballing skills here. Has the presence of mind to keep his eye on the ball. Okay, Brayton, we've pulled out another one here. You try against the All Blacks. And uh-huh. talking about the All Blacks, that means John Lomo was on the opposite wing. Hey, the beast, man. I oh. tell you what, uh, let me tell you a little story. <laughs> I mean, I never forget it. Uh, you know, the first time when I had to face General Lomu, we were in the team meeting on the Monday, mm. and he was obviously opposite me. You know, May is a great soul, rest in peace. Um, so, you know, we were doing our normal Monday um, uh, sort of analytics of the game. You know, what can happen? What are we supposed to do? Uh, how are we going to stop some of the moves that the opposition is going to throw at you? And I, you know, after like, the coach came to a conclusion. I'm like, I was looking around and everybody was going on like it, 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 it's nothing, you know. And coach asked, guys, any more questions? And I, I look up, I put my hand up, I said, guys, are we going to stop Jonah? <laughs> 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 I tell you what, for the reason, it was the funniest moment ever, man. But, uh, you know, uh, thank, thank goodness he never, he never ever scored mm. against the Old Blacks. Unbelievable. So what was the plan? I mean, Go for his whole- ankles. Yes, I, I listen, the first time, uh, you know, and the guy started, actually started laughing and the coach said to me at the time, he said, Brady, when he comes, just jump on one of his legs, the other guy <laughs> will jump on other legs. <laughs> and then he can't move, right? <laughs> it was eh? so funny. Yes, yeah. actually, he was, a, he was a freak of nature, you know, and obviously, you know, so good for the game. Uh, iconic man and a, and a quiet man of the field, you know, a real uh, superstar, so to speak. And, and we have to thank Jonah, you know, for what he's done for the beautiful game of ours. Yeah. Was it Nick Mallet at the time? Because I once said that he's one of the yeah. best coaches you've worked with. Why is that? Because last week we spoke to Conor Kriche and he said the same thing. Nick Mallet, one of the best coaches he's played yeah. under. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what, man. Nick, I mean, uh, Nick, uh, he's a no-nonsense coach, you know. Uh, discipline, discipline and uh, work ethic was, was one of the things that you really, really put high on his list. And if you didn't fit into the kind of culture, you know, unfortunately, you will be, you will, you will drop out. And, and I mean, you guys see Nick uh, week in and week out on, on TV as well. And let me tell you, you know, he is, he was just like that, very straightforward. 
don't beat around the bush and, and, and that is big merit for you. You know, that's why he's such a competitor. And it, it wasn't always easy because he was so hard on his players. And, and in the course of that, you know, it, it, uh, you know, his teams were successful and he always got the best out of the players. How different was he from Rudolf Strauli? Yeah, way different. Rudolf <laughs> <laughs> was a little bit different, you know. I mean, the piece you take, you know, we take to, you know, come start out in those days. And it's, it's not happy memories, you know. We yeah. had a, a terrible time. And when we, when we got to the World Cup in Australia, man, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, we knew. We knew that we were going to compete, but they weren't a good pain, unfortunately, you know. And uh, it, it certainly was one of my, my darkest moments in the Springbok time, uh, you know, unfortunately, under Coach Rudolf. Coroner mm. says in his book that you guys even had to box or fight during Kamstaldra and you threw one yes. that fell Derek Hochert. Yes, Fact of fiction, Brayton Paul because uh, I can't see you punching beast, anyone. You know, the beast coming from a farm, you know, I'm a street fighter as well, my man. Oh. You know, they could have even given me Bucky's butter. I think I would have, I would have, <laughs> <laughs> I would have had Bucky's, but yeah, shame. I almost, I almost killed Derek that day, yeah, because yeah. We had to box against each other, man. And, and poor Derek, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a number 10. You're number 10, yeah. you know, they're not tough guys. <laughs> they're pretty boys. They're uh, the pretty boys. Eh? Poster yeah, boys. Yeah, they're the pretty boys. You know, they wear the white, the white boots and the, the hair is always gel. And you know? gel. And yeah. yes, I tell you, man. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to traumatize the viewers yeah. now because if we go into that detail now, I think some people won't be able to sleep tonight. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Like they can know? get Cornell's book. Everything is there. Okay, yeah, as we no, wrap well, up, well. as we wrap up with Brayton, uh, we're going to have to let him go quick soon. Uh, but we've got a voice note here. Can you hear that voice note? Okay, we're going to try and get it back. Brayton, as we wrap up now, um, were the World Cup's a bit of a disappointment for you because you didn't play March 99, 2003, 2007, yes. you were reserved. Did that hurt? Yeah, no, to be, I tell you what, you know, um, obviously, like I said, I take nothing away from my career. I'm very happy and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm fulfilled as a player. But in 99, I was a little bit disappointed because I didn't play well and I was probably in the, the peak Mm. In the form of my life, you know, and, and, and like I said, I mean, I understand, obviously, you know, you got to look at the players who played, uh, you know, above you, right? guys like Jan Kaiser, Peter Rousseau, Kevin Plants that I had to compete with, but I really felt that I was in the peak of my life, you know, and unfortunately, I didn't play much. I had to carry bags most of the time, and um, it was painful at times, but uh, again, you know, as a springbok, you will never put yourself uh, ahead of, of, of your ambition, you know, it's always about the team, and I, and I can understand why the coaches at the time uh, you know, didn't want to give me the, the starting berth. But um, like I said, I wasn't taking nothing for granted. I had a, a really, really good career. I didn't have many injuries. And uh, obviously, I had a lot of coaches as well that I played yeah. under with the, with the box. Uh, and uh, there were thankfully more highlights than, uh, you know, uh, low moments. Okay, just quickly as we wrap up now, who's the toughest opponent you played against, Brayton? Yeah, without a doubt, to be said, was certainly uh, Jonah Lomo. And I can tell you what, one guy, I don't know many people remember him, Joe Ross. Yes, yes, Australian. The most yes, the man, Australian. wing fullback. That guy is so big and he was so clever. You know, he was one of the most uh, intelligent rugby players I ever played against. Mm. And obviously, third, I would say, you know, Christian Cullen. Oh, yeah. uh, tell you what, man, yeah. a man who was swerving onto the ground and uh, he certainly had, you know, a massive, massive feel for the game and scored twice for fun. Yeah. Best player you played with? Best player I played with, uh, you know, it's it got to be, uh, you know, Bobby Skinstead. Bobby Skinstead, number eight, you know, he he changed the vision or he changed the, the way that people looked at number eight. You know, he, he certainly just took Vincent Brooks sort of level to another level. He was a guy, you know, brought in that new style where number eight linked with the wings in the centers and, 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 and just brought a bit of, 
I would almost say synergy to the game as well, you know, for for people to to know they have the stereotype, you know, where we as South Africans obviously we stick to what we we knew, very conservative. And Bobby Skins has certainly got a new dimension to the game. He was way ahead of his time, and uh, you know he certainly was a. In football, we talk about assist. I think in rugby, Bobby assist me many tries a season. So I'm forever grateful <laughs> for Bobby Kinstead. Yeah, <laughs> so in he foot- was really, really good. In football, would say he was the David Beckham of rugby. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Okay, we've got this last voice note before we let you go, Brayton. We can okay. hear it now. Let's play it. Okay, no, we still can't hear it. Okay, let's try it one more time. Let's try it one more time as a wrap-up. We're still going to talk NBA. By the way, it's 7-3 to the Bulls at halftime against Grikos in the Curry Cup. The other semi is tomorrow. It is between um, the Cheetahs and the Pumas there. So there's still some rugby besides the URC. Uh, lots to look forward to there. Okay, unfortunately, we can't play it. We'll send it to you, Brayton, when we can. But we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate the time you've given us uh, tonight. It's an honor to talk to you, and we just wanted to give you the respect that you deserve, sir.